With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome to the Newcastle United Everything is Black and White podcast with me, Mark Ketchell, football editor here at Chronicle Live, and our Newcastle United writer, Kieran Kelly. No Andrew Musgrove or Aaron Stokes today. Uh, they're both on holiday. In fact, spare a thought for Aaron Stokes, who's probably waking up hungover in a field in Glastonbury, having watched Kendrick Lamar last night. But all being well, he'll be back next week with Andrew Musgrove. Today, you've got me and Kieran. We're live on Twitter, Facebook and YouTube. And this also goes out on our Everything is Black and White podcast platform. So if you're listening via the podcast app, we'd love it if you could give us a five-star rating and review. Kieran, welcome to the show. We're going to get into the big obvious talking points in a second, but it could be the start of a very busy week at Newcastle United, This couldn't it? Yeah, yeah, it makes a change from a year ago. I think I'm still getting my head around that. Obviously, we remember last summer, this time of year was 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 dead, really. Um, only one signing ultimately coming in, Joe Willock, and that was a couple of days before the start of the new season, whereas Newcastle have been very quick out of the blocks, uh, particularly the last few days. They've They've really moved quickly to close a couple of those big deals. Obviously, Nick Pope coming in and the big one we're talking about today with Sven Botman due here uh, for his medical today. So it's 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 really a, a remarkable change, as I said. I think we're all still getting our heads around how um, clinical and you know the sort of targets they can now attract that just would not have been impossible before. And to get Sven Botman, the player they've, they've wanted now for, for a long time, it's felt a long time anyway, uh, it's it's a huge huge statement. Yeah, yeah, it was it was pretty much a saga. I think it just about became a saga. Hopefully, the, <laughs> the saga's ending today. Let Let's start with Sven Botman. That's where we have to start. It's the huge talking point today. We're recording on Monday morning. The plane watchers are out, no <laughs> doubt. Uh, Botman expected to land on Tyneside today for his medical, the signing, the pictures, the social media, everything else. Big big signing, metaphorically and physically, um, Sven Botman. This is the most exciting deal of the summer so far, isn't it, Kieran? Yeah, yeah, that's that's absolutely it. It's that little bit of, um, I suppose, unknown. We know Nick Pope and Matt Target for years. I think they've got nearly 300 Premier League appearances between them, whereas Sven Bauman, it's a bit like the Bruno Gamerich deal. You're bringing in someone who's played in the Champions League before, who is rated as one of Europe's hottest prospects in his position, and Newcastle won the race, and when you consider, as as we all know, AC Milan were, were in for him, Newcastle have effectively outbid Milan to, to get him, and that shows you, you know, seven-time European Cup winners, Serie A title winners, a team who would be playing in the Champions League, and Botman sees the potential of Newcastle, you know, this it's born to stress, I know a lot of outsiders will, will mention the money involved, but Newcastle have a very strict wage structure, he won't be breaking that. He's coming here very much for the same reason he wanted to come here in January, and that was what this club could be. You know, you look at it in January, he's willing to join a team that were 19th. Not many would do that. It takes a certain kind of character to take that leap. Obviously, Newcastle couldn't agree a fee with Lille at the time. They've agreed the fee now, and he comes into a side that is obviously safe. It's obviously looking to push up the table, and it's a really exciting time for the club, and, and this is a signing that just reminds you why. 
Yeah, it's brilliant. It's amazing that Newcastle United are already sort of trumping clubs like AC Milan, who are in the Champions League already. It just shows sort of the direction this thing is going in. Let's talk a bit specifically then about Botman. What's he going to bring to Newcastle United as a, as a central defender? Yeah, I think there, there are a few things that, that stand out to me. I think, firstly, what he can do on the ball. He um, He's someone, who's, I think his past completion rate last season for Leo was, was over 89%. And I know people will say, well, it's it's the French league. Um, he's obviously not under the same kind of push, pressure he'd be in the Premier League where strikers are, are hunting you down as a defender. But you look at his passes, they're not just short passes, they're long passes. He's able to switch play. He's he's really good on the ball. And you can see, you know, he did come from the Ajax Academy as a young player. He, most of his education was there and it shows with things like that. I think what really stands out to me is his mentality. <clears throat> he, um, excuse me, he... Obviously, he's won the title with Lille, so he comes in with that experience. Newcastle don't have much of that experience, you know, in terms of title winners. You know, Trippier being one of the few examples. And his mentality, you know, as I said, going back to the last time he played here in England, he played against Chelsea back in February at Sanford Bridge. And there was one moment that stood out where Chelsea scored their second goal. And it came really after some poor play by Lille to get the ball away deep in Chelsea's half. And Chelsea ripped them apart on the counter. And... Botman, when others kind of dropped to their knees and had their hands on their head, he was the one, you know, being vocal in his teammates' ears saying, you know, this isn't good enough. And I think that's the sort of character Newcastle need going forward. They need someone who can grow with the club, who can be a leader going forward. And his high standards, his kind of like team, you know, that team first mentality he has, you know, he played well that night, but what mattered to him was Lille doing well and getting a result. And they didn't get it that night. And that's what annoyed him more. So I think there are those traits and what he can do on the ball that could really give Newcastle a lot going forward. Yeah, one of our viewers here, Jason Scott, makes a good point. His, his English is, is excellent yeah. as well. The Dutch players sometimes <laughs> speak better English than the English players, don't yeah. they? So have you, have you heard him speak and is, is he expected to be a vocal guy in the dressing room, do you think? Yeah, I think he's... It seems... I don't think he's someone who... You know, would be shy in in there in his opinion, as as that example I, I mentioned, you know, suggests. But I don't think he's someone who's who's going to come in and upset the harmony by any means, or kind of be throwing his weight around. I think he he still has a lot of development to do. Um, he recognizes that himself. He's only twenty two, so I think Newcastle, as well as getting someone who is already at a very high level, his ceiling's really high as well. So in the next six years, <clears throat> you know, he could become one of Europe's best defenders and. That's really what is so exciting and attractive about him is that, yeah, you may be spending, I think he will be Newcastle's most expensive centre-back by a long shot. You know, I think previously it was Dan Byrne, but what you're going to get in the coming years, he, he could pay that back pretty handsomely. Yeah, very exciting. What does it mean then in the context of the squad? I'm thinking about the, the other central defenders. There's a lot of central defenders there. Yeah. I'm thinking of, uh, obviously, the captain, Jamal Lascelles, Kieran Clark, Federico Fernandez. Uh, there needs to be some outgoings, doesn't there? Yeah, it's funny. You know, a year ago, Newcastle's weakness was at the back, and now it's probably the strongest part of the team. You know, you could you could realistically put out two different backlines with two different keepers to match, and they probably hold up in the Premier League. You know, you think of uh, left back; they've got Matt Target, Jamal Lewis is there in reserve. We don't know what's going to happen with him. Centre half, as you mentioned, you know, Fabian Scherz, Amber, and Jamal Lascelles are already there. 
Um, and at right back, of course, you got Emil Kraft, who who came in and did well when Kieran Trippier was injured. So they've got good depth there. They, they've strengthened really well. Um, I know not many mid-table teams can spend you know, 80 plus million to remould a backline, but to put that into perspective, you know, Man United, they spent that on Harry Maguire alone, Chelsea on Kepa alone. It doesn't always work when you spend that much money um, on players at the back, but Newcastle have done that well. As you say, it kind of it leaves them a bit top-heavy now because I think someone like Federico Fernandes, he's not going to get in the squad. Kieran Clark wasn't getting in the squad to begin with, so there too you would think that, you know, if the, the right team comes in, those players could go. Um, but for the Cells, it's probably the most interesting one because he's club captain still, but he's on paper now fourth-choice centre-back. And it's remarkable to say that when he's been a mainstay for so long. So you wonder he's not going to be happy just potentially not even getting on the bench. So whether anyone comes in for him would be really interesting going forward. But I think what you will see is a lot of these players will see it as a positive, someone like that coming in, because we've seen with Bruno when he came in, Shelby's levels went through the roof. Joe Linton's the same. Um, these players haven't really had intense competition and finally they're they're getting actual people who are pushing them and who are competing for places and what was once maybe a stale squad suddenly has a lot of you know new faces and, and new life in it so i think it's a real positive i think there are players there you know that kind of old guard you mentioned who are realistic as well who know where the club is going and who've been brilliant servants and i don't think that'll be forgotten but they're placed in the squad that you know they, they probably won't be getting into the squad going forward in the years to go Mm. I wonder with Lascelles if it'll be left up to him in perhaps it was in a way it happened with Dummett. Yes, you can yeah. stay. You're not likely to get a lot of minutes, but come and be a positive influence around the dressing room. If Lascelles is happy with that, I can yeah. see him stay. And if he wants to play, he's going to have to go. Yeah, I think that's that's really well put because he's been a really positive influence even when he hasn't been playing behind the scenes. So it's 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 funny that they have a little leaderboard at the training ground, basically, who's the, the best performer and training they've loads of like little games where they get a point here a point there and, and people like Matt Ritchie, Dwight Gale and Jamal Lascelles have been right at the top and bear in mind that they barely played um, certainly in the second half of last season and that goes to show the mentality the, the team first mentality that togetherness that kind of Eddie Howe has been really key not to disrupt so any players that are coming in this summer are going to fit that profile are going to buy into what Newcastle means and and the kind of spirit that's already established at the club. And I think someone like Lascelles is, he's a, a walking reminder of that, that, you know, he could have kicked up a fuss, as I said, club captain, but he, he's been pushing those around him. And yeah, it's up to him just with the young family settled in the area. Does he want to uproot and, and get regular game time? Or, you know, does he feel like he can still get in the team and, and push, you know, someone like Botman and, and feel like he can realistically still play a part Time will tell. Mm -hmm. We'll see. And just on, on Botman, um, Connor Luke is asking, what time is he expected to arrive? How long is a piece of string? I mean, do you have any timeline at all? If he's coming in today, it's likely to yeah. be an evening sort of announcement if everything goes well. Yeah, I think lunchtime was what was penciled in for him to, to come in. Um, I think they will want to make naturally a, a big song and dance about this. So whether it be tomorrow he's announced. Um, these things can take time as well. Sometimes Nick Pope's was, was was pretty quick, but you go back to 
when Kieran Trippier came in, he was a signing from abroad technically, and that deal took, you know, even though it arrived, I think it was maybe two days later it was officially announced. So there's no guarantee it'll be tonight he'll be announced. I I think it may well be in the you know, tomorrow or, or onwards after. But I think just once Newcastle fans see him actually go in for that medical, whether it's walking into the training ground or the stadium, I think that'll be the moment it'll it'll hit hit home for a few of them. Yeah. It depends how elaborate they want to go on the un- unveiling, <laughs> yeah. isn't it? What potentially Batman costume? Is that too obvious? Yeah, I wonder because uh, do you need rights for that, or can you, can you do it in a skillful way? <laughs> Good point. Good point. Um, I'm just posting something in our comments. We've got a live transfer blog, uh, pretty much seven days a week this summer transfer window on, on ChronicleLive.co.uk. So please follow that. All the latest details are going there. You know, as soon as Botman arrives, as soon as the first pictures. Of, a, of him in the building are there that's that's where you can expect to see them and obviously kieran is is, is working feverishly today so his his yeah. stuff will be put in there too so kieran just on the summer so far it's going okay isn't it i would say um the summer window they've they've secured matt target they've they've strengthened uh, the goalkeeper department um yeah. the, the, the one on nick pope um we put a debate out yesterday on chronicle live who starts who is number one um on the 6th of August when they play Nottingham Forest. I'm going to put a link to that debate now in the comments. If you want to join and have your say on, on who you think should start, please click that link and, and comment in the comment section. Um, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because um, it would be harsh on Dubravka, but Pope's brought brought in as the, as the, as the next big number one yeah. in theory. So wh- where do you think it, it might go? I genuinely think it's up for grabs. Um, I think pre-season will go a long way to... And the, the, the performances and training, who, who's who's really catching the eye? I think Nick Pope will have. Um, don't necessarily think he would have been promised. You know, you will be number one. I, I don't think that's how Eddie Howe works. And Eddie Howe is a big fan of Martin Dubravka, and I know that might seem a contradiction. Well, why is he bringing in a, a proven Premier League goalkeeper if he's a big fan of him? But I think you have to remember where Newcastle started last season when Dubravka got injured. I think the first 12 games they got six points and they conceded maybe more than 40 goals and that was with Freddie Woodman being in goal that was with Carol Darlow being in goal they clearly needed someone in who if one dropped out the level didn't just drop dramatically because that's that's what happened you know it, it, you can't really take that risk if you want to be breaking into the top 10 if you want to be challenging for those kind of European places going forward you need two quality players per position I, I think that's what that's what it leads to. And for me, <clears throat> they're they're different goalkeepers um, and similar goalkeepers in some ways. But you look at Nick Pope's shot-stopping ability, not many better than him in the Premier League. Um, you look at his ability to sweep, to, to come out of his goal. It's very different to Dubravka. I think that's certainly something that stands out, that if Newcastle want to evolve a little bit, change the way they play, having someone like Pope could be a real asset. His distribution comes under the microscope a lot. Um, he's obviously had a, a team Burnley who, who always launched it, so I think we'll we'll know pretty quickly. Okay, can he can he go short? Because I think that's what Newcastle want to do going forward. But I genuinely think it's a healthy thing. I think um, it'll, as I mentioned with Bruno coming in earlier, having someone like Nick Pope is going to push Martin Dubravka too because he'll know he's got to be. 10 out of 10 every week or someone is going to be breathing down his neck and I think that's the kind of culture Newcastle need going forward because if they stick with the tried and tested if they have a culture of you know he's untouchable they're they're not really going to progress 
Um, so I, I think it's a smart sign, particularly at you know ten million. It's a it's a no brainer. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, it's yeah, it's, it makes sense to get them both in, have a look who's fitter, who's yeah. on form, and, and and start that that goalkeeper. Some good comments coming in. Um, Jason Scott says Pope will be even better with our defence. Philip Taylor saying that in, uh, he will be England number one <laughs> later this year. That, that would be a good time to become England number one with the World <laughs> Cup in November. Um, and then Tim Thompson saying that Dubravka will start the season. So who knows? It, it is yeah. it is a 50-50 one, really. So it'll be interesting to see who's under the crossbar against Nottingham Forest on the 6th of August. Um, obviously, it looks very positive in terms of uh, Sven Botman. Uh, fans already starting to ask what's next. Um, <laughs> so... You know, never, never, never satisfied, and 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 that is, you know, you need to be ambitious as, as a fan base. Yeah. And Newcastle fans are starting to dream again. So, if Botman comes in and, and does his medical and everything goes well, who are we looking at? Uh, we've got a comment there. Who are we looking at next? Um, uh, who it, is Eka Um That the deal isn't dead, as, as some were reporting, and is it hanging by a thread? Are we more confident this week? What do you? What are you? What's the latest on that one, Kieran? I think yeah, it's it's not moved any further forward than than the situation last week and the situation the past couple of weeks. Really, it seems a lifetime ago since they actually agreed the fee with Ram, which ironically proved the easy bit. And it, that was a complicated deal. There were a lot of add-ons and, and various clauses, and they had to really thrash it out with Ram. But ironically, as I said, actually getting the, the agents' fees the agreeing with the Asian, that sort of side of it's been really problematic and frustrating for Newcastle. And I think in a way the Botman deal reminds you that being, you know, having perseverance and, and waiting it out and, and being determined and not giving up, it really does pay off. And the, but there will come a moment, I think, with this position because they do need another forward to come in and ease the burden on Callum Wilson to, you know, pop up with goals who can develop into a future number nine and I think there comes a point eventually where they have to say, right, this this probably isn't going to happen. We're going to have to go for someone else. Are they at that point yet? I think they are looking at alternatives. Um, but I don't think they pulled the plug on it completely yet. I, I think the frustration is just that they've, they've had that agreement in place, but it's feeling that the agent is wanting to keep the players' options open and the, the hope maybe that another club comes in, whether you know that club does come in. I'm, I don't it's, it's hard to tell at the moment. Brzee Dortmund obviously have moved for other targets. PSG have always been linked, but they haven't made a firm move yet. So uh, Newcastle are in this like holding position and there's only so long really you can wait in that position. But going back to you know January, the, the player, the, it was natural why he didn't want to come. He'd only been at Rem's first team six months. He was their third choice striker a year ago. Yeah, he had this unbelievable start to the season and... At 19 at the time, you can understand why you didn't want to go to Newcastle and, and move away from home and feeling a completely different environment and going into a club that was in trouble at the time. And I think the owners understood that and it was, you know, it's telling they went back in for him. They've, they've done the character checks. There's there's nothing you know, wrong with the player. I just think those around him maybe haven't made it easy. Um, that's that's fact. Yeah. I actually quite like that from Egetike saying no in, in January. Yeah. Not a lot of teenage footballers would would have that sort of maturity to yes. say, you know, I need another few months, and a lot would just go, yeah, 
let me sign the paper. So I didn't mind that. But now it's almost like there's a bit too much time between now yeah. and the transfer window closing that the agent wants to slow it down and, like you say, see what other options are out there. The fans as well. Um, we've got a comment here from Stuart Hunt. I hope they ditch this fruitless chase for Ekatike. There's much better about. So fans, quick, uh, not as patient as, as uh, Murdad Gadossi, who tweeted, patience is a virtue. Fans already want to move on and, and try and get bigger and better, which is which is fair enough, you know, if you want you want to be ambitious. But it's one big poker game, really, isn't it, with Ekatike? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, in terms of other positions, everyone seems to be on in the comments um, calling for a striker. Um, is 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 that the main priority? Do you think is that where it should be, or and what other areas might they be looking in? Defense and goalkeeper are obviously done. Um, yeah. What about a winger, a CDM striker? Just interested in your thoughts on that, Kieran. I think goals. Um, what, whatever way you can do that you get someone who can chip in five to ten next season i think you can do that with the wide forward like you mentioned if they could get someone in who could play on the right hand side who who can really give them a new dimension up there as well i think that would be a, a priority if, if they they can make the budget work and i think you know you look at how much they've spent so far given that a lot of it will be in installments they've They've spent pretty wisely. They've they've not gone above, you know, the, the 35 mark. You know, Botman, I think it's going to come to 35 initially um, with add-ons. And that's, that's that's a pretty good fee for a centre-back when you think, as I was saying, Harry Maguire a few years ago was going for more than double that. So I think, yeah, getting getting goals in, I think they, as I was saying, they want someone. I think Callum Wilson will be the starting striker at the start of the season, but we know with his injury issues, he needs to be managed really carefully. Um, for me, if they could bring in someone who was, say, under the age of 23, who can evolve and develop, learn from him, um, and one day be that striker who, you know, potentially firing them into Europe, that's that would be my priority because to go out and sign a proven Premier League striker, we saw Chris Wood, they've, they've already done that to a degree. He's, he's not going to chip in maybe with the, the goals they need, but... To sign someone who's who's a ready-made goal scorer, it's it's not easy. Look at Calvert Lewin, for example, who had his own injury issues, and to bring him in, you know, the budget would be decimated probably. And Everton, you know, arguably need need the funds to kind of do their own like rebuild themselves. So um, I think that's probably where they're looking is to to get a younger striker in, and if if they can get someone out wide who could chip in as well. Because the more options they have, uh, the more goals they have. Um, because you look at the back, at the back, they they finished the season really well. I know Spurs and Man City, you know, were, were bad afternoons, but they've become a much better team off the ball. I think it's just adding more goals is, is the key now for the rest of the summer. Yeah. It's been very sensible so far, the, the business. Um, can I throw some names that, that, that might be a bit more higher profile, a bit more exciting? Yes. Um, Nicola Dolby is um, asked a question via YouTube saying, good morning, lads. Any news on outgoings? We'd sort of covered them a little bit at the start, but are the rumours of us going for Ward-Prowse? Any, anything in that? Um, some other names that have been mentioned here in, in the comments. Um, Christian Eriksen, who, mm. um, if uh, reported to be, to be believed, uh, turned down a move to, to Man United. Um, we've got a question here from Nizam Nordin. Why isn't anyone looking at Balotti, Torino? This is very football manager, but um, these are sort of the names that we're more familiar with. Newcastle don't seem to be going down that route, but are they keeping their powder dry for, for something a bit special further down the line, do you think? 
Yeah, I think that that's something that came to mind a couple of weeks ago to the piece, basically, that don't be surprised if there is a surprise before the end of the window. Um, we saw what Bruno, that deal kind of came out of nowhere. I know everyone knew about it a few days before he signed, but in terms of that they're actually in for him, that, that just came completely out of the blue from Brazil. And I would not be surprised if there's someone of that kind of ilk before the end of the window. Um, again, I, I look at that wide forward position. Is, is someone a bit left field going to come out of thin air there um, where they've been smart and got a player who maybe previously would have cost a great deal more and they've gotten for a good fee. So, yeah, I, I wouldn't rule that out. I don't know a name necessarily, but I think the way they operate, particularly this summer, you know, the leaks haven't been as um, public as, as they were in January. I think they've managed to keep a relative hold on some of the names that have not come out yet. And that means there's always a possibility that someone very left field comes out. So um, I would not be surprised if that's the case in those those four positions. Yeah. Last one on transfers, Kieran. Um, I've got a comment here from Craig Lax who says, Paqueta is still the player that is a big draw <laughs> slash statement sign. Gone very quiet on Paqueta. Um, yeah. I always felt that was more fans putting two and two together and, and coming away with five. Are the club genuinely interested in that signing or is that just sort of a pipe dream that, that Bruno's um, having a bit of fun with? I think this summer I, I can't see it personally and I think I said that the the start of the window, just the, the fee involved and the priorities elsewhere, I, I don't think they could make it work to, to be able to get him yet. But I think someone's definitely, you know, they'll, they'll know all about who's on the radar, but I don't see it happening this summer. I, I, I think, as you said, there's an element of, because Bruno's really clearly wants him to come, um, and, you know, we, we literally saw Piquetta in the Newcastle kit, you know, when he, when he came to visit the area um, on a, a fact-finding mission, that, you know, it's easy, as you said, to put two and two together. But I can't see it this summer, but, you know, you never know what. I don't think they'd ever rule it out going forward. Um, he's obviously a really talented player, um, Brazil international, and, you know, there's a reason why he, he is going to be so expensive. So I just think the priorities are elsewhere at the moment. Yeah. David Langford agrees with you on Facebook. We need to strengthen in other areas as a high, higher priority. Central midfield isn't an area that's weak. Yeah. Oh, there we go. <laughs> Moving on a bit then from, from transfers, Kieran, it's just getting more and more exciting as we get closer to the season. Things like uh, the new shirt that you're in the club shop and yeah. stadium renovations. I know you've written a few pieces on, on this you've been saying across it. It's just nice to see the the basics being done, but done in a really tasteful and ambitious way with, with some bits and pieces that have been happening around St. James's Park. Can you talk to us a little bit about those? Yeah, it's um, you look at how the, the stadium has changed even since the opening day last season when we think of really small things that I think have just added up now with uh, Shears Bar coming back, Al Shears statue being moved back on site. Um, of course, the sports track signs going down. And then there have been little things like literally the, the walls getting not only painted inside the concourses, but done in kind of a, a black and white way, you know, a bit of thought's clearly gone into it. Maybe that hasn't always been the way in years gone by. And they've also incorporated little things like having banners and flags above the kiosks with, you know, who's that team we call United you know, printed on it. It's just little things I think will add up. So that come August 6th for that opening day, supporters will have a much better match day experience. You know, I think the owners recognize that there's such demand for tickets now. 
a lot of money goes on ticket stores pay a lot to to go along and that they need to make that experience and, and pay back that support because Newcastle fans for you know last season absolutely stunning and I think this season will go up another notch and it's refreshing to have that recognized now and that the stadium is getting a bit of love that it's needed for years you know it's um um I remember distinctly there's a a photograph of one of the concourse that Shea given that was ripped um going back I think earlier earlier last season you know before the takeover happened and I think Shea given arguably the best goalkeeper ever to represent the club and it just kind of was like a metaphor for the Ashley year just a lack of care you know it didn't it didn't send the right message having something like that there and I think they just come in and those little things like painting the walls cleaning the windows um taking down the signs moving you know, Alan Shearer's statue, renaming the bar, it, it, it feels much more homely. And I think um, that will only add to the, the experience, the atmosphere next season. Yeah, shout out to Shea Given. Lucky enough to have one of his shirts on the, on the wall, wall behind <laughs> That's him. That's what reminded me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, love Shea. And on, on the subject of shirts, um, we have a new football kit newsletter launching that I'm going to be involved with. Uh, love for people to subscribe if they're interested in, in football shirts and football kit it's called football kit obsessions i'm going to put a link for it in the the comments right now and if you uh, want to sign up you can win a set of football shirts for you and your family so click that link i've just put in there um, and uh, do sign up for our newsletter um also just to to, to mention um obviously andrew and, and aaron aren't here today but aaron, um, aaron has uh, sorry andrew has put a two-part episode out with gibbo that looks at the top 10 captains newcastle's top 10 captains of all time and um, we're inviting people to 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 vote on that pick your pick in order your top 10 captains um i'm gonna i'm gonna put the link to that form in in the comments as well lots of stuff going in the comments today so have a look at that um, and do listen to andrew's podcast with gibbo two-parter where they debate the top 10 captains of all time kieran Best Newcastle United captain of all time, if I put you on the spot? Oh, it's really hard. I think in the debate, to keep interest, and I, I wanted to pick someone who wasn't Amateur, because I've only I've, I've only seen Amateur really in my lifetime. It was on the list. But um, obviously, when I've looked back, and I went for Bob Munker, just obviously the, the last captain to, to lift major silverware, and just leading by example with, with that win, that first cup win, you know, scoring three goals, wasn't renowned for being a goal scoring defender but just led from the front you know captain his country as well and I think what I really like about him as a captain he has that humility as well I think all these years later he's desperate for another captain to come along and take that label of, of being the last skipper to, to lift a major trophy so um, I went for him um, but you know been some really good good captains uh, you know it's pretty hard to pick yeah I went I went trendy I went Colin Veach <laughs> Uh, yeah. from the uh, the Edwardian era of Newcastle United, <laughs> but uh, so yeah, good to good to mix it up. But yeah, the links there. Please get involved in that in that debate and listen to Muzz's his podcast with Gibbo. Um, just finally, Kieran, before we wrap it up, um, I see you've just put a piece on ChronicleLive.co.uk just before we went live um, with the headline: Sven Botman's angry reaction that Eddie Howe will love as Newcastle set to get a new dimension. Tell us about that and tell us about what else uh, you're working on today. Yeah, that, that's um, just what I was touching on earlier, really. It's a, a, a longer piece looking at what he will bring um, in terms of that mentality, that game I mentioned against Chelsea, you know, when he stood tall and, and kind of called out his teammates when, when they conceded a sloppy goal and those high standards are going to be really good. 
going forward. So um, it's just looking at really what he will bring um, and what Newcastle fans can expect because we we know a little bit about him. But in terms of you know, as I said, his passing, his uh, mentality, his his um, size, his physical attributes, really just going in depth on that and how um, you know a weak point Newcastle's defence is now a strength and crucially having time now in pre-season to work with this new look backline, you know, Nick Pope, Matt Target and Sven Bottman all set to be through the door before pre-season even starts on July 1st. That, that really does make a change in Newcastle. Yes, it's very good. Very good. Very refreshing change. Uh, so yeah, read Kieran's article and, and stay Please. with us on all. Yeah, <laughs> comment and let, let him know what you think and uh, oh, stay across uh, everything on our live transfer blog, which is going to be going all, all this week. We're hoping for a busy week in Newcastle United, certainly today and tomorrow. So uh, we'll, we'll leave it there because it's, it's going to be a busy day for Kieran. Um, <laughs> thanks very much for joining us, Kieran. And Thank we'll you. Let you, let you get, let you get back to work. Thanks everyone for watching and listening. And uh, do say, stay subscribed to the Everything is Black and White podcast via whichever podcast platform you're listening to us on and hit the no- notification bell so that you get our, our episodes as soon as they, they land and, and, and you can follow uh, Chronicle NUFC on uh, social media. We're at Chronicle NUFC on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. And of course, stay up to date with Everything Black and White by subscribing to our daily Newcastle United newsletters. That takes up a lot, lot of my time, something I work on. So they're completely free. Um, I'll put a link in the show notes if you uh, select... Sport Newcastle United updates, enter your email address, you'll be signed to, re- to receive all the best Newcastle United content from Chronicle Live every single day. You won't miss a thing, especially important during the summer transfer window as uh, Newcastle certainly aren't done yet by the looks of things. So yeah, thanks so much for watching. Andrew and Muzz will be back next week and uh, we'll catch you later. Cheers.